Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business, a.k.a. Money Compton, a.k.a. The Bad Guy. And I appreciate you for coming on today, listening to this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts at. Um, This podcast is available on all platforms, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Anchor. Shout out to Anchor for allowing me to have this platform to do what it is that I do. And that's deliver probably the best 30 minutes of sports talk there is out there, wherever you get it. So with that being said, my name is Eric Compton again. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notifications button and tell three people about this podcast, man. Um, You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also Google the show, S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show. That's sportsbusiness at gmail.com. So... Today, today's a special day. It's MLK Day. Martin Luther King, the great Dr. Martin Luther King, um, on this fine Monday, January 18th. And I thought I opened up the show one of my favorite quotes, <clears throat> and then we'll definitely just dive into uh, what it is that we do best here on this platform, which is talk about sports. Um, and one of my favorite quotes from Dr. King is, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. By all means, keep moving. And, and, and with with inauguration day, literally two days from now, <clears throat> um, definitely uh, that that's the marathon continues. We got a lot of work to do. Dr. King paved the way for us. He was one of the pioneers of the civil rights movement, um, if not the the man um, that made things happen for us to do the things that we're able to do. So with that being said, let's dive into it. We had some great football games over this past weekend, division around. It's always interesting. It's one of my favorite weekends of of the playoffs, actually, because, you know, it kind of gets you hyped up and you're getting closer to the Super Bowl, but you ain't there yet. You're kind of at the halfway point, you know, wild card. Um, it kind of separates the the, the, the the men from the boys and, and you get some great, great football games. Um, we thought we were going to get a good we got to we got to, you know, the Saturday games were kind of interesting. There were some oddballs, especially with Green Bay against the Rams, uh, Green Bay against the L.A. Rams. Aaron Rodgers did his thing again, and the Packers, they went on ahead and beat the Rams 32-18. to 18. Um, You know, my thing about the Rams, man, is they got to figure out what their identity on the offensive side of the ball is. Um, are they a run team? Or are they just going to be running out of play action? Like, what, what's their end game? Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know what Jared Goff is the long-term answer. But I do think that Sean McVay, the head coach of the L.A. Rams, needs to figure out what their identity is. Um, I know that they try to be a run heavy team, but it's by a running back by committee. Um, Before this year, they had Todd Gurley, who was a a stud. But um, injuries and arthritis in his knees have kind of started to slow him down, which I mean, it made sense to get rid of him or, or let him go. But also, I, I don't know if the running back by committee type of approach is also the, the best way of doing things as well. Um, we haven't really seen maybe outside of the Patriots that was able to do so. But outside of that, I really don't I can't think of another team right now at the top of my head 
that's even able to do stuff like that. So um, to me, that that win was more about the Rams and trying to figure out what their long term identity is more, more as opposed to what the Green Bay Packers are doing. The Green Bay Packers have been very, very consistent all year long. Um, they were able to, you, you know, they, they got Aaron Rodgers, who's probably one of the greatest what, top three, top five quarterbacks of all time. Um, Devontae Adams, who's probably a top three, if not a top two wide receiver in the league right now. Um, their defense has been their defense has been very very underrated. Um, I think the Smith the Smith boys, uh, Preston Smith as well as Darius Smith that they they're able to get a pass rush and the, the secondary is really really underrated. Um, so the win the, the win of the Packers side doesn't really surprise me. I thought it was going to be a closer game, but just with the Rams' defense with Jalen Ramsey as well as Aaron Donald, even though he had you know some rib injuries, he had a rib injury. Um, I thought that it was going to be a little bit closer than what it was. So um, I talked to a good friend of mine. The question was asked, you know, is is Jared Goff wasting years away from, you know, potentially two Hall of Fame, uh, potential Hall of Fame eligible type of dudes and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey? And the answer is probably, yeah, like, but I don't know what you do to solve the problem. Um, Cooper Cup is a great receiver. Robert Woods is really good. Um, Josh Reynolds is another good guy out there, but... Um, I think Cam Akers is a good running back, but I don't know if you can give the ball to Aaron uh, Jared Goff and say, hey, bro, win me this game. Um, I don't know if that's possible. And, and, and it's shown time after time, really since the Super Bowl, um, that he's not really a dependable person that can win you games. He's a great game manager. He's probably another Alex Smith 2.0 when Alex Smith was in his prime. But outside of that, I don't have too much faith in him. And I don't know what the what do you do to fix that? Do you try to get another receiver that can stretch the field a little bit better? Um, I know that the passing game is really play action heavy, um, jet sweeps and things like that. But I don't know if you can stretch the field with um, Jared Goff. He, you know, that last week he came off the bench and without that was like his first time not turning the ball over in however many umpteenth weeks. So there's that. So I don't know. It's, it's just interesting to see what. Um, what what the Rams' long-term solution at the quarterback position is. They owe him a lot of money, um, but we'll see. Um, and side note, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to go out on a limb, and I know people are going to give me hell for saying this, but Jalen Ramsey is probably the closest thing to Deion Sanders that we've seen. I, I kid you not. Um, he's better than Daryl Revis. I think he's better than Richard Sherman. Like, this dude is a bona fide stud, and he will shut a whole entire half of a field down. Um, so I think I think that alone just shows a lot about what Jalen Ramsey can do. Um, and then we had the nightcap game. Um, you had the Baltimore Ravens against the Buffalo uh, Bills. Man, I, it, it was an interesting game. Lamar Jackson gets injured in the third quarter. He is out for the game with a concussion. Um, but that's another team. That's another team that they need to figure out what more can they do to help out Lamar Jackson. Their defense is stellar. Um, they did what they had to do, keeping a team a high-powered offense like the Buffalo Bills with Josh Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs and them to 17 points. The defense did their job. Now we got to start looking at what um, Coach Harbaugh can do to give Lamar Jackson help. He needs weapons. Um, you know, Willie Sneed is as your best wide receiver is not the long term answer. So um, Hollywood Brown, you know, he 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 can stretch the field, but he's not the best route runner. Um, so I don't know what the deal is over there, but. And no, I I don't know. I don't even, you know, the the, the X factor would have been, well, if Lamar Jackson played, would they have won the game? Maybe. I I, I don't know. But also, you know, we saw last week where Lamar Jackson had to kind of put the game in his hands and 
and put it, you know, turned it around and and, and with that one touchdown run. So may, maybe, possibly, um, who's to say? But I think Lamar Jackson needs help. He needs a, a legit wide receiver that's going to be able to stretch the field down, uh, stretch out the field so somebody can run that streak and and drop. he can drop bombs. Um, he also needs a tight end that can that can do the thug thizzle as well. Um, J.K. Dobbins was uh, was kind of gimpy. Uh, you also had Mark Ingram who didn't play as well, uh, I believe, Saturday night as well. So, you know, there, there's a little bit of holes on the offensive side of the ball where you know Lamar Jackson needs a little bit of help, um, and that that's that's pretty much it. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening, but I'm definitely looking forward to the AFC Championship game. I think that's going to be a great game with the Bills against the Chiefs. Um, well, barring, you know, if Patrick Mahomes is healthy. Um, Patrick Mahomes yesterday took a huge hit, and now we got the new, you know, it's already been a, a hashtag before, anything is possible. Um, but now that's legitimately another another meaning. You know, anything is possible. You mean, you know, you get some Hennessy and you do your thing with it. But now you got Chad Henney, who ain't never took a playoff snap in his 13-year NFL career. And he's out here dropping dimes and 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 and, and literally going off on a, a on a third and I forgot how many yards run that was, and guy gets it to fourth and inches. And only Andy Reid will spread the field out on, on fourth and inches and 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 actually call a sprint sprint right uh play action pass to Tyreek Hill. I mean, that was crazy. The Browns definitely earned anybody who's an nfl fans respect yesterday um the cleveland browns they they have nothing to to be ashamed of themselves they had everything they could do to win that game um but you know literally chad henny came off the bench and you know we i thought the browns were actually going to have a little bit of momentum on their side and be able to take that game and and do something with it um they they were so close um, they had the, 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 the fumble, the fumble in the end zone, um, uh, that basically turned into a touchback. Um, a lot of people are saying they don't like that rule, but I'm, I'm not, it doesn't bother me. Um, it, it doesn't bother me. And I'm coming from a Raider fan who, you know, we've had the tuck rule. Um, so it, 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 it that rule doesn't bother me that if you fumble it, um, you know, if you don't have full control, then it's considered a touchback. I mean, my, my my question would be, well, if that's not what what what's the as opposed to what? What do you want it to be? You know, mark it at the one, mark it out out of bounds at the one. I mean, he lost control. Um, so I I, I don't know. I don't know how, I mean, I'm okay with the rule the way it's set up right now. Um, it doesn't bother me. Um, I also think that the helmet to helmet during that fumble could have been. It should be something that's reviewable. Um, but I also don't want it to be slowing the game down as well. And I know we're talking about player safety, but if there's a way where that play in particular, since it was automatically a reviewable play, since it was a turnover, you know, targeting for the head should also be reviewed at that same time. Definitely not a fan of throwing people out um, uh, off the first first one like they do in college. That I think the college targeting rule is by far the worst rule in sports. That and maybe pass interference. Um, pass interference is a is is a, such a such a gray area call, and, and they, not to mention it's the spot of the foul. So you know, people out here they throw forty or fifty yard bombs down the down the field, and they they you know a little bit of contact. That's a forty or fifty yard penalty. Um, I'm okay with it being a ten yard penalty and an automatic first down. I'm cool with that. That makes a little bit more sense to me. Um, I think the uh, the committee, the rules committee, needs to look into that maybe as opposed to a spot foul. Um, that just makes I mean I think it gives the defense a chance. You know, so there's that. Um, but uh, it's going to be I, I'm really interested to see how healthy if Patrick Mahomes even plays next Sunday against the Bills, because the Bills is not a team that anybody should be taking lightly. And I think um, 
people slept on the Bills. I even slept on the Browns a little bit this year. Um, I didn't take them serious. Um, I felt like they had a little bit of lady luck that rolled on the side, but they played a really, really solid 60-minute football game. They just had a couple of miscues that didn't that didn't that didn't go their way, and that's okay. I think the Browns will be back next year. Um, you have Odell Beckham next year as well, and really after their bye week is when things started clicking. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, all of these NFL teams did not have a training camp. Like they literally their first point of contact was week one, um, due to COVID restrictions and due to you know social distancing and things like that. These players didn't get to get under their new regime, and you know Kevin Stefanski, who's the new head coach of the Browns, you know he didn't he wasn't able to instill what he, his views and things like his philosophy and stuff like that in. And, you know, with that extra bye week, that helped out. Um, not to mention, this was a team that really hadn't practiced a lot because they've had COVID issues. So they had a full week of training, a full week of practicing, a full week of preparing, and they gave the Chiefs everything they could handle. Um, like I said, they didn't play a bad game. There was just a couple of couple of plays that didn't go their way. But outside of that, I think Baker Mayfield played a great game. Um, Nick Chubb, when they got him involved in the second half, he started picking it up. Kareem Hunt was getting it in. Um, you know, even on the defensive side, you know, holding a high power Chiefs team to 22 points, that's a big deal. And that's nothing to kind of look over. Um, that, that, that shows that the, the Browns are for real and the Browns have nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, Cleveland, they, they, the city should be super duper proud of that team. That is a watchable product team out there. That is not a joke. That is not the definite, you know, that and NFC, AFC, I'm sorry, North division is, is stacked now with the Browns being super duper relevant. Um, barring any injuries next year, I expect them to be just as good, if not competing for a division title between Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So with that extra wild card spot, anything can happen with the Browns. And I really liked what I saw. Um, with that being said, we are going to talk about the primetime game last night. Um, I've been trying to figure out how to describe this game. Um, and... I was I was prepping for the show this morning. And I was thinking about it. And I was thinking about it, how I was going to segue into this and what my thoughts were. And I, I couldn't think I couldn't help but to think of when Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson fought in that uh, that non-competition. Or it was it was a sparring match, I should say, a friendly, spar- you know, a gentleman's agreement sparring match um, this past November. That is exactly how I felt. Them two old dudes out there just throwing it, throwing hands and, and just hoping something sticks. That's how I felt yesterday when I watched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against New Orleans Saints. I don't know if I was watching good football or or, or was it just bad quarterback play? Um, and the person who made the least mistakes survived um, is the way I look at it. <laughs> And the person who made the least mistakes was Tom Brady. Um, Tom Brady had almost threw for almost 200 yards, didn't throw the, turn the ball over. Um, he had two touchdowns thrown. He also rushed for a touchdown as well. Um, then you also had Drew Brees over here who only had 134 yards and three picks. And the one touchdown play was from Jameis Winston on a trick play. So I, I don't know. I really don't know what I saw. I don't know what I witnessed yesterday. But what I can say is the the team that made the lead, the, the old person that made the least amount of mistakes won the game yesterday. Um, I think the Buccaneers did enough to get by. And if the question is who's going to win against the Bucs and the Packers in the NFC Championship game, I think the way the, the Packers are playing with it being home field advantage, 
all of that good jazz. I think the Packers should win this game. Um, I know, you know, Tampa Bay, they're hosting the Super Bowl. So it'd be kind of cool to see their home team actually being able to be at at their at their home stadium to represent their their conference. But I don't have so much faith in the Buccaneers. Um, I think they got a couple of miss. You know, they were able to capitalize on the three turnovers and that's fine and dandy and all. But at the same token, um, Aaron Rodgers and the and the Packers aren't going to be making those uh, mistakes. They're not going to be turning the ball over. And you know the, the 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 Buccaneers have a great pass rush. They have a pretty good secondary uh, with Winfield Jr. They have JPP on the defensive line. Then Dalton Sue's on there. Um, Shaq Barrett's a really good uh, uh, linebacker. So they have a lot of good stuff out there. But I'm not too sure. I think they just caught it, ran into a team, an old team. You know, an old team. They, they were just two old teams that were just trying to. Um, throw hands and whoever hit him with the last haymaker was going to be standing and that that's what happened um i feel like drew Brees maybe is two years too late from retiring at the peak of his career um and that's neither here or there but i i think that this year and last year you can definitely tell towards the end of the season his his play has gotten just it gets it, it regresses a lot and you know Taysom Hill didn't play, and I'm not—I don't think Taysom Hill would have made a made a factor if he would have played or not. But you could definitely tell that there was some edge off of what Drew Brees has been doing. So I would be shocked if he comes back next year. Honestly, um, I, he already has a TV deal, I believe, with either CBS or either CBS or Fox as a as an analyst. So he's already got that lined up. So he already has his post NFL career job lined up. So I don't know what what it is or you know why he keeps coming back, but. I think he's really doing more harm than good. And I don't know what the New Orleans Saints long-term solution is at the quarterback position. But, uh, you know, do you give Jameis Winston a chance? Do you make Taysom Hill the actual starter for the, you know, the actual quarterback um, for for them? But, you know, they're already got a late first round draft pick unless they plan on moving up to try to get, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't see them trying to go get a Justin Fields or the kid from BYU um, or I think one of those Dakota State, one of those Dakota schools as well. I don't know how that transpires, but um, we'll see. Um, we'll see. But the, the the Bucks are moving on. They survived and advanced. And that's all you can ask for. Like I said, they played a very pedestrian game. They made the least amount of mistakes. Hence why the Chiefs were able to move forward as well. They made the least amount of mistakes. Well, they made some mistakes, but they made the least amount of mistakes in the most crucial times. They were able to execute. So you got the final four, and I expect the AFC game, as long as Pat Mahomes is is, is, is healthy, I expect that to be a very, very good game. Um, as long as Aaron Rodgers and the Packers do what they're supposed to do, I expect the Packers to win. I expect the Packers to actually be representing the NFC. The AFC, I can I can as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy, I can see I can see it being the Chiefs against the Packers. So that's my pick. I'm sticking to it. I'm not reneging. I'm not changing anything on any of my social media platforms. Those are my two picks. I got the Packers and I got the Chiefs going into the Super Bowl. Um, and we'll go from there. Um, I think those two games are going to be really good. It's going to be, I'm really excited to see the AFC championship game more so the NFC championship game. So I'm really, really excited to see that. I thought overall the weekend we had great football. Um, and, you know, throughout COVID, I think the NFL has been able to get by um, doing doing it. So we'll we'll see what ends up happening this week. Um, hopefully everyone's still staying healthy um, and there's no interruptions for any team as far as the preparation goes this week. Um, and that's a good segue into preparation. 
because we have well from our last episode till now we had a uh, a blockbuster trade in the nba and we had james harden who was very very disgruntled and was ready to leave houston um bowed his way out and ended up going to of all places the brooklyn nets and i i was kind of surprised that he actually ended up going to the nets of all places um I thought he would have probably gone to Philly. They would have probably tried to flip the pick or they would try to flip uh, either Ben Simmons, I was thinking, was going to come to Houston and kind of free up what they were trying to do because I think James Harden and Joel Joel Embiid makes more sense to me because of the outside-inside game. Um, it makes more sense because Harden can actually step back and hit the three. They can run a 1-5 pick uh, PNR or pick and pop. PNR is short for pick and rolls. They could have they could have did a little bit more. Um, I feel like with uh, Harden going to the Sixers. Now I'm not gonna lie. I'm not really mad that Harden went to the Nets because you have one knucklehead up there um, who I refuse to even say his name on on any of my platforms. He's just number eleven for the Brooklyn Nets. I'm never gonna call that dude by his name. This dude is a straight up knucklehead. This dude's been missing. For the last week and a half, two weeks, we don't know where number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets is. Allegedly, he was with a party at Drake for his sister. He had, There was another story saying that he was he was protesting the Capitol Hill riots, um, you know. And if that's what number 11 wants to do, that's cool. But you can't let your teammates just hanging out there and they're answering questions where they have no earthly idea of where you are. That's just not that's not how you leave. That's not a part of being a team. And I feel like number 11 and James Harden. They've never had to legitimately sacrifice anything. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant out of all of them is the adult in the room, which is crazy to say. Kevin Durant has had a sacrifice when he came to Golden State. He had to sacrifice his shot volume. He had to sacrifice some of his uh, scoring average during with when he played with Steph and Clay and Draymond, uh, even Boogie Cousins. He's he sacrificed and he was able to win. So we already know Kevin Durant knows how to sacrifice. We've never seen number eleven do it. He didn't do it when when LeBron left uh, Cleveland. He also didn't do it when he ended up going to Boston, saying that he wanted out. He went to Boston, um, and he basically left Boston. And, and well, he thought he left Boston in a disarray, but Boston's thriving with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you know. And he wants to go around and 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 sage the TD Garden Center, bro. That was you that caused all that negative energy. You're the one that lied and said that you were going to resign with the team, and you walked on out the door and didn't say nothing to nobody. Then you come to Brooklyn. You only played like. 20 some odd games last year and then you sat out the rest of the season so i i I don't know what number 11's end game is i know he does a lot of great work off the court you know i just saw that he bought a house for the george floyd family um so shout out to number 11 but also if you want to play basketball that's cool if you want to go save the world that's cool too there's people that are able to do it at the same damn time lebron james is one there's also people who couldn't do it at the same time. Maya Moore, she stepped away. And Maya Moore has done nothing but fantastic things um, off the court. She's been able to get convictions uh, turned around. She's able to get people who were incarcerated um, to be able to walk away. Um, so it's going to be really, really interesting. I know that Harden and KD played the other day. Harden was the first ever player to debut on a new team and drop a triple-double. Um, so the brunt of it's good. Um, I think the Brooklyn Nets, they definitely, they're they're going all in right now. They gave up so many draft picks. And the Rockets GM said this, he said what it is best. Draft picks right now, are pro- I don't know. Actually, I take that back. I don't know if draft picks right now are the best assets in the NBA. Because if you don't have a lottery pick that's usually around top three, you got a 50-50 crapshoot on whether that's going to work or not. So 
it's a it's a catch-22 they can be a gift and a curse it depends on where you are with your draft picks it can be a great asset but if it's not a top three pick chances are it's not really good because right now you know who who who's the consensus number one overall draft pick in this year's draft i'll wait i don't even know i can't even name you three people that play college basketball right now and that's the honest to god truth i don't know three people that play college basketball right now i don't know anyone in on duke carolina kentucky kansas uh texas i heard they were number ranked number four but i think they lost a couple of weeks ago i don't know anyone i don't know anyone's playing college basketball right now so i, I don't know if necessarily draft picks are really the the assets right is 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 considered the best currency um so it does show me that the nets are going all in or or it shows me that they don't know what they're going to end up doing with number 11 supposedly he was supposed to make uh the you know the three amigos were going to make their little debut tonight number 11 uh, uh, apparently is not playing tonight as well um so until we know what number 11 wants to do we don't really know what this Nets team is going to look like i feel like they gave up a lot of ammo they already don't have um dinwiddie uh and then i think lavert's gone too so uh jared allen's gone so you know one thing i liked about the nets was that they had a really good bench I think like three of their players off the bench could have started on probably 75% of the league and they were coming off the bench. So they don't have that no more. Um, so yeah, we'll see what ends up happening. Um, I think that it's a good pickup for the Nets just in case the, the player that we don't name here doesn't show up or he continues to be missing in formation, then that's cool. Um, and we'll see what ends up happening, but it definitely makes them a front runner in the East up there with Philly, Boston, and Milwaukee. So we'll see what ends up happening with them boys. Uh, with that being said, uh, I kind of already tied into my sports business big dummy of the day. Um, it's it's number eleven. We you know you just can't be leaving your teammates number eleven the Brooklyn Nets. I'm sorry, you just can't be leaving your teammates not telling them where they're going. You you can't even tell your coach, hey, um, I'm I'm not gonna play. Like I said, if you didn't want to play because of what happened in, on Capitol Hill. I think everyone would have understood that, but not telling no one where you've been literally an over, I don't know, like 10 days now. He hasn't even played seven games. So that's about 10, 10 to 14 days. He hasn't, he's been gone for almost two weeks, not knowing where you are or where you, when you're coming back or anything like that, bro, you, you know, you're, you're doing a disservice, not only to yourself, but you're doing a disservice to your teammates. You know, you begged Kevin Durant to come to Brooklyn and you've only played a handful of games together because you're just missing information. So you're doing a disservice. Not it's not it's not to anybody really because if you retired today, I don't think anybody would really miss him. Honestly, nobody would really care, you know. So I think he's trying to make it all about him when at the same time nobody really cares. Like nobody cares. Um, so that's my sports business big big dummy of the day. You just got to tell people where you're going, man. I'm pretty sure if you sat out and just said why you weren't doing it, nobody would care. Nobody would. Everybody would understand that. But the fact that you're not telling nobody. It makes it look even worse. It makes it look like you don't care. It's about you. And basketball, if you want to make it about you, go take up golf or tennis. They're those individual sports. Um, but that's all I got today. Um, next week, we'll be talking about Money Compton's early Super Bowl picks. Too early to tell because we got two weeks in between. Um, and then we'll be talking about a little of the UFC. I guess Conor McGregor will be back this weekend. Um, and yeah, outside of that, you can find me at the gram at money Compton. You can find me on Twitter, Eric T Compton. Um, like I said, this, this, this podcast is available on all platforms. So thank you. Thank you again. I'm from the bottom of my heart for allowing me to 
interrupt your 30 minutes of your day and listen in with me because you could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to spend 30 minutes with me. And from the bottom of my heart, that always means the world to me. So um, shout out to everybody that's out here listening. And outside of that, we're going to run this back next week. Peace and love.